The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? <laughs> How are you now? How are you now? Haven't I brought this up before that like maybe I need to come up with a different way of uh, getting into these podcasts because asking you how you're doing right now is uh, probably not a great way to start this particular goddamn podcast. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast for this particular season presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize. I am Matt Drake and I am pissed off. I'm royally pissed off after what I just watched. Your Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 6-2 to two to the New York Islanders on home ice, failing yet again uh, at an opportunity to finally get back-to-back wins in this young season, uh, which is starting to feel like the longest season in the history of seasons. And there doesn't appear to be any kind of end in sight. Uh, that was honestly one of the most frustrating games I've ever watched in my life. One of the most frustrating seasons I've sat through 12 games in my entire life. I I have, for the last couple games, anybody who's been listening, you know that I've tried to avoid getting into a, you know, who should get fired rant. Uh, but this team, uh, they're not giving me much else to talk about. So I'm going to oblige them. I'm going to oblige them. I'm going to oblige everyone who prefers the rants over the recaps because I'm not recapping that I'm not recapping the eight goals two of which were scored by the Canadians I'm not recapping that so we're gonna have ourselves a little talk about cleaning house starting with who right you guys know anybody who's been listening you know who I think should go first but let's talk about you know if we look at that particular game in a vacuum who needs to go Dominique Jam. I mean the, the New York Islanders run a pretty simple defensive system, right? It's almost like they draw a box, right, that goes from one face-off dot on one side of the ice to the other face-off dot. It goes down to the goal line, and it goes up near the point. Not too close to the point, but close enough to the point. And then they run a 2-1-2 inside of that box. What's a 2-1-2? Well, for anybody who doesn't know, that's where you have two forwards up high, one in the middle, and your two defensemen are down near your goaltender. Uh, it generally is a pretty decent way to play defense, but when you stay inside that box, you know, you're basically giving up the perimeter and allowing the other team in the offensive zone to skate around as much as they want but what the islanders are doing with that 2-1-2 is they're hunting 2-1-1s hunting them right so what they want you to do is they want you to go up near the point and try to make passes around the point so they can try to get a stick on it they could try to get a skate on it whatever they have to do to disrupt that pass and send it the other way because for the most part with that 2-1-2 they're going to have two forwards high they're going to have another one behind them to help out and support and they can get two on ones and what did the Montreal Canadiens do exactly what the fuck the Islanders wanted them to do I lost count 
I, I honestly lost count of, of how many two-on-ones or three-on-twos or, or whatever the Islanders were able to get out of that. They were just getting them over and over and over again because the Habs, for whatever reason, kept trying to play up and go back to the point and try to get point shots. And even if you can get point shots against a defense like that, when you're running a 2-1-2 inside of a box and everybody's inside of that box, it's incredibly hard to get shots through that because there's so many bodies. But no, the Habs just kept trying to get the puck there to presumably shoot through all of those bodies, even though they had plenty of evidence telling them that it wasn't going to work, right? I mean, the, the TSN broadcast, I was watching on RDS, but the TSN broadcast apparently was like making jokes about it. And they were saying, it's going to be hard to beat the Islanders if all you're doing is point shots. And yeah, it is. How does the broadcast see it and you don't see it on the bench, Dominique or Burroughs or any of you? You played right into what they wanted you to do. You did. You did exactly what they were hoping you would do. And look at that. They, they played a 2-1-2 in a box all night and beat you 6-2, right? The Islanders give up a lot of shots because most teams, if they do that against them, if they do that exact same defensive strategy, what they do, what good teams do, is get it down low, try to work it out into the slot, right? So move them around because they can't just stand there, right? They can't just stand in that box. They have to move their feet. So you get them moving and then you work it into the slot and you get shots from there, Right? Working it back to the point does one thing and one thing only. It gives them the opportunity to get those two-on-ones that they're hunting. And, you know, this is, you know, it's a perfect example of Dominic Schaum is a coach that is out of his depth. He's out of his depth, right? I think it was easy for him last year. I think it was easy for him when he had Philippe Dano. And all he had to do was when the best players on the other team stepped on the ice, he would tap number 24 on the shoulder, send him out there. He would do a great job, you know, limiting them and uh, keeping them down, right? And then what you do is you hope that your transitional game can pay off when you're, you know, the rest of your your, your bottom nine, let's call them, uh, get out on the ice. They're going to be able to do some damage against the rest of what's left of the other team, right? Now he doesn't have that. He doesn't have Philippe Dano. He doesn't have Carey Price. He doesn't have Shea Weber, right? So those three players alone, yes, they are very significant players, but it shouldn't completely kill you to the point that you look like this. If you have some creativity in your offense, right? If you look at what the, like, again, just this particular game, if you look at what the Islanders are doing and you figure out, all right, they're giving us the perimeter, right? They're giving us below the goal line. So let's work the puck around there and let's try to figure out how we can move them around and get it in the slot and shoot. Not go to the point. Like, why are you so simplistic? It's pretty clear, you know, he's, he's got to go. He's got to go. But there's a big problem to letting him go, right? A big problem. And that is that he is armed with a three-year extension. Given to him by who? Marc Bergevin, Right? Magical playoff run gets you a three-year extension from your general manager. So we know the general manager is not going to cut bait and admit that he screwed up with his three-year extension by firing the coach. So in order for my wish of Dominique Charme no longer coaching this team to come true, Marc Bergevin is probably going to have to go first, right? And I don't know if, if that's going to happen. If, if this game right here isn't enough to show your owner that something needs to happen, like if Jeff Molson watched that game, I, the one thing I would want to ask him is like, did you hear in the third period the sarcastic Olay chant 
when they were down five nothing in the third that the, the the fans that were in attendance broke out into a sarcastic Ole chant. Like that right there, I don't know, for me, would be enough if I was Jeff Molson. Like Jesus, your fans who are paying money to come in are literally making fun of your team. Using their own victory chant as a means of making fun of your team. You clearly have to do something. Like I said, I don't think Bergevin is going to handle the coach for you. I think you got to put somebody new in that place. Maybe the coaching change doesn't happen right away. I mean, I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that changing the coach suddenly flips the script on this season and the Habs are going to end up making the playoffs. I honestly don't. I've, I've pretty much given up hope on that. And I have the logo tattooed on my chest. So for me to give up hope, you know, it takes a lot. But this team is taking a lot out of me. It's taking a lot out of all of us so far this season. So Jeff Molson, like, please, please do something. Frankly, I, I don't want to see Bergevin fire and hire another coach anyways. We might as well move on with the damn thing, give it to somebody else, and let them make that decision. And to all of those, by the way, there, there's been a lot of people, I've brought this up a few times, and there's a lot of people who keep asking me, well, who would you replace them with? They have to speak French. First of all, moi je parle français très bien, and I don't agree with the necessity of somebody speaking French for that job. But I understand that the team is never going to abandon that requirement, so I'll give you a couple of options. Uh, former Hab, Mathieu Darche, is making a name for himself as an executive down in Tampa, a team that has had some uh, pretty good success recently. Have they not? So maybe you look at him. Martin Madden down in uh, Anaheim. Uh, I, I know that one might be tough because it seems like he's in line for the GM job there. So I think that might be the guy that they want. And I, I don't know if we're going to be able to pry him away, but who knows, right? Make the call. Of course, you got the uh, the, the rumored guy, right? The one that I don't want, which is Patrick uh, Roy. Uh, obviously a Habs legend, but let's face it, uh, I, don't, I don't think... I, I don't think he's the right choice there. I think I'd pick either one of the two that I mentioned before that. But look, the, the point is, there are options. There's not a shortage of options of people who speak French, right? I will offer myself as a candidate. Like I said, je parle français très bien. Je suis pas québécois, mais un franco-ontarien qui parle français, je pense que ça marche, oui? I think so. I don't know. You guys tell me. Or Jeff Molson, you tell me if you're listening. You're not listening. <laughs> Imagine if he did listen. He'd be like, yeah, I'm never hiring this fucking lunatic for anything. But anyways, the, the point is, he's got options. He's got options. So pretending like it's that tough to replace him, pretending like there's not plenty of people that would want that job that can speak the language is insane. And also, you know, I'm going to say it one more time. I don't agree with that requirement. I think they should get rid of that, but they never will. So anyways, what did I say as well, Right. Earlier on in the year, I said no matter how bad it gets, I'm going to always try to throw in a silver lining to every one of these podcasts. So I'm going to do that now. Shouldn't be hard for anybody to guess who I was going to pick here. It's a pretty obvious one, Nick Suzuki. Um, he's quietly putting together a pretty great season. He's already on pace for 60-plus points. Uh, just coming off that extension uh, to his contract. That contract is a brilliant piece of business. As much as I don't like uh, Bergevin, that contract is it's a brilliant piece of business and I, I really I said that when I was on television for City TV 
that I think is going to be brilliant for the Montreal Canadiens, and I think he's going to outperform that contract over the course of time. I think it's going to look very good in a few years, uh, looking at what he's going to be able to total in terms of points. And I think it's already looking pretty good, even on a horrible team, as bad as this team is. He looks great. Uh, he scored a goal, and he the, the second goal on the power play would not have happened without him either, uh, without his creativity. So Nick Suzuki, ladies and gentlemen, if they're going to start trading players, which I do believe they should, that's one guy I would absolutely refuse to even allow his name to be brought up. He's looking good, and that contract is going to serve us well. That's it for today, folks. Uh, I'm going to cut this one off now. We're running over 12 minutes, so grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. We are on Spotify, Megaphone, Google Play, Apple. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I swear less on Twitter. I try not to swear on Twitter, guys. Thanks again for listening. And as always, à la prochaine.